millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, hello. Happy Wednesday, my friends. Welcome, of course, to yet another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host. Andy Goldstein. Now, yesterday, TalkSport's Faker Others spoke to Nottingham Forest goalkeeper Dean Henderson about the shocking 12 months he's experienced at Manchester United in an explosive interview. To be quite honest with you, it's probably been the toughest 12 months of my career. Um, it's been tough, it's been, it's been hard and I'm so happy I've got out the other end of it now and I'm so excited to be here and ready to go. Obviously, we know what's been going on at, at Manchester United. You said you were going to Manchester United to fight for your place with David De Gea. How, what, what, what happened? What, what were the conversations that you had? The conversation I had coming out of that Euro squad was you're coming back here to be the number one, uh, the number one goalkeeper. And I got COVID, come back, so I should have still been the number one. But then, unfortunately, no one followed through with anything they told me. Um, it was frustrating as well because I turned so many good loans down last summer for that, for that reason and they wouldn't let me go. So um, it was frustrating. And to sit there and waste 12 months, is, is it's criminal, really, at my age. I was fuming. Um, but I worked hard off the pitch and 
um, on the training pitch to keep keep improving day in day out. So I'm really excited to be back here um, and looking forward to the season with Forest. And, and did you have a conversation with Eric Ten Hag when he came in about letting you go out on loan or what your future would be? No, no, I didn't want. I didn't really want the manager to come in and be able to see me in training because uh, I knew that he'd probably want to keep me. So um, I sort of tried to do it all before I. Um, before I left for the season I told all the hierarchy I need to go and play football I don't want to be here uh, playing second fiddle um, and uh, and that's how it was planned out so I was all, almost gone before the manager came in the door and I haven't spoke to him since Now yesterday Jim White returned from a trip to Qatar where he sat down for an exclusive interview with CEO of the 2022 World Cup Nasser al Qatar. I think um, Qatar, the culture of the region, the rights of Qatar and the region to host the World Cup have been, uh, have been attacked and have been treated unfairly. And, uh, you know, it also pushes us and drives us to make sure that this is the best World Cup ever. And I'm sure it's going to be the best World Cup ever. And I assure you that people are going to come here. People, a lot of people, I mean, have been to the region. A lot of people know the culture, but there's a lot that don't, and this is normal. People travel around the world um, to certain areas or certain countries. People don't travel to certain countries, and a lot of the people that didn't travel to this part of the world are going to see it for the first time, and they're going to change their mind, and this is what it's all about. It's about people to get to know each other, to get to know different cultures, and uh, yeah, we're sure uh, a lot of minds and hearts are going to be changed once they come here. Yesterday's TalkSport breakfast show saw Alan Brazil and Alan McCoyce joined by England legend Stuart Pearce and the Times chief football writer Henry Winter as they both discussed the uncertain future of Ronaldo with Manchester United. I think it's a sensible conversation with someone like uh, Cristiano. You know, if he needs to go, he needs to go. I think a new manager, it might suit the new manager if he isn't there because you've almost got to play him all the time. So, 100%, mate. You know, it, as I say, it might suit both parties. But a, a, con- a sensible conversation uh, with someone of him, of his age and, and what he's achieved. Ronaldo wants to leave. He wants to carry on playing Champions League football. So where does he go? Sporting Lisbon, for me, seems a, a, an obvious place for him, him to go. Financially, there might be issues there, but there'll be emotional element. What I don't want to see is this dragging on and then some Manchester United fans who are an incredibly loyal group actually sort of get a little bit critical towards him because the important thing, Eric Ten Hag is the future of Manchester United. The style he wants to play, the pressing, can Ronaldo do that? The young talent they've got, freeing up Ronaldo's wages to bring in another number nine to sort of work alongside or push Martial. You know, sagas and circuses don't help managers, particularly a new manager, who's got to sort out Frankie de Jong, who's got to sort out Harry Maguire, who's still got to, there's so many issues that he's got to face without having this long-running saga over Ronaldo. It's partly, you know, people like me in the media, because we're obsessed with Ronaldo, because he's probably one of the top five greatest players of all time. But for his benefit, he obviously wants to move on. I think it helps Ten Hag in terms of the team's development for him to move on. And then actually, it should be a fairly straightforward situation, but as ever, it's not. Now, stay with the Bedford Show. Alan McQuist hit back at Drive Time's Darren Bent. How dare he? Over whether James Madison's potential move from Leicester to Newcastle would be a backward step or not. And the not being, of course, a forward step. Or even a sideways step. Anyway, here they are talking steps. Not the pop group. Sideways, backward step? From Leicester? Yeah. Uh, right now, probably... I wouldn't call, call it a backward step. No, OK. Sideways? I'd probably say sideways because... <sighs> Newcastle seem to be a team that's on the up. Leicester finished eighth. But 
they had loads of injuries. Loads of injuries. So they're much better than that. I, I think. Well, I think it would maybe at this present time, the two squads. I'd say it's a backward step going to Newcastle because Leicester are a better team than Newcastle. Yeah. Where I disagree with the boys a little bit, I certainly Bente. I wouldn't have it done as a backward step going to Newcastle. I know what they're saying. Certainly Leicester have, have had injuries. Is there any real intent from Leicester? Have we seen any real intent? Um, has Brendan been allowed to go and say, right, here's what I'm going to do. Here's my plans for next season, next couple of seasons. I'm going to bring two or three in and we're going to be off and running again. I, I've not seen that at Leicester, no. right? That's the one thing that will happen at Newcastle. There's no doubt that will happen. Now, following breakfast, Simon Jordan had his say on Leicester City, where he went on to praise Brendan Rodgers for his handling of the club's transfer window this summer. How have Leicester developed over the years? Have they traded well? Well, the argument would probably say, yes, they have. They've sold some of their best players, taken top money for them, because they couldn't retain people like N'Golo Kante. They couldn't retain Danny Drinkwater at the time. They couldn't retain Riyad Mahrez. They got top dough for them. So with that in mind, you know, he is now in a situation where, how does he behave? I'll tell you how he behaves. He behaves like a proper, rounded professional football manager should behave. He doesn't have a petted lip. He doesn't backdoor it through one of his mates in the media and start singing songs about the ownership model. No, he doesn't, doesn't like it. And to be fair, that's he, a he good does point. it properly. He has to do it with less of a checkbook than maybe some of these other managers have and do it in a fashion that gives him the opportunity to build a side in his own image and he'll have to trade and I if agree. Madison has to go and other people have to go then so did Mares, so did Drinkwater so did some of these other top players in Golo County they've all gone and, and so did Harry Maguire they've all gone and Leicester have continued to be an elite Premier League side amongst the top eight in the division regularly and repeatedly now, yesterday, Paul Hawksby and Charlie Baker were joined by England fast bowler and Nottingham Forest fan Stuart Broadie Broad. He spoke, he told an interesting story of how he got given the name the Nighthawk as opposed to the Night Watchman at Trent Bridge. At Trent Bridge, I was sat there, you know, Joe Root, a great hundred, Ollie Pope, great hundred. And uh, Baz came to me in the change room and just made myself a nice coffee. And he went, uh, Brody, get your pads on. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, um, I want you to go in next. So again, I reacted with amazing surprise. And he said, I feel like the crowd is my home ground at Nottingham. He said, I feel like the crowd are just a bit quiet. I want you to go out and try and hit your first ball for four. Wow. And then if you get out after that, I don't mind because you're giving the crowd a lift. And that was just an insight Fantastic. into his mentality. You know? So where the Nighthawk came from, we were at... Um, we're at Edgebaston uh, and normally have a night watchman with 20 minutes to go to protect the, the next sort of quality batter. Mm. And uh, he came to me with 40 minutes to go in the chase. You know, we needed another 300 or 270. And he said, do you fancy going? So I was like, uh, uh, um, yeah, yeah I'll, uh, I'll go for it, coach. You know, I'll try and impress you. Uh, and he said, basically, try and whack me 20. Try and knock 20 off the scoreboard as quickly as you can. And he said, attack the enemy when they're sleeping. <laughs> which is where the Nighthawk came from. So I got my pads on with the only aim to try and whack it for 20 minutes. Um, and if I got out, it was fine. And sticking with Nottingham, TalkSport was joined by Nottingham Forest manager Steve Cooper as he discussed the start of the new Premier League season. We're really excited, really focused as well. So, you know, there's, there's no doubt that, that the mix of them emotions... Um, so many people work so hard to get to, to this, you know, this into this league, and we, you know, we want to be um, as committed as we can and believe in ourselves. And um, pre-season's gone well. We've we've enjoyed working with the players. Obviously, there's been quite a quite a bit of turnaround with the squad, which I'm 
I'm sure you'll ask me about, but um, you know, we're really enjoying our work at the moment and, like I said, excited about Newcastle away and, and the, you know, the, the Premier League, but obviously very conscious of the, the, the size of the challenge as well, of, of the, the step up in level, but, um, but you know, we can't wait. Yeah, how, di- how difficult is it when, when you make so many transfers, you step up to a, to a new mm. league, is it to integrate everybody and get them clicking early on? Yes, yeah, so all of them things. I mean, whatever league we were going to be in this year, we knew there was going to have to be a change around in, in personnel of the squad because we had five loans last year, a couple of guys' contracts were running out and you know, some guys mo- wanted to move on and, and the normal sort of change around in a squad from season in, season out sort of applied so we like I said whether we got promoted or not we knew that it was going to be a lot of change of, of, of personnel added to that because we got promoted is obviously trying to upgrade the team as well and be ready for the you know the, the, the challenge of, the, of the, the Premier League so I think for in an ideal world you know we would have um, you know had a lot of permanent players in our team and um, continued with a lot of that team and just added two, three, four players to try and improve but that was never going to be the case because of what I just said Moving on to my favourite show now on TalkSport, and that's Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show, with me, Andy Goldstein, alongside Darren Ben. And we were joined by TalkSport's NFL reporter, expert, William Gavin. He gave us his reaction to Lewis Hamilton becoming the new co-owner of the Denver Broncos, as he joins the Walton Penner family in their £4.65 billion takeover. The Denver Broncos right now are... I would say they're a team like sat on the outside of Europe. They're maybe like a West Ham or... (laughs) I'm not biting on that. Previously quite (laughs) successful, but they're in the hardest division by a country mile. They are playing the equivalent week in, week out of the very best teams in the league. So they've just signed Russell Wilson, this new quarterback. It's like West Ham bringing in Harry Kane. It's that kind of level of signing. It's just whether that's going to be enough to put them over the top when overall as a team they're probably the weakest in their kind of four-team division. So people fancy them this year, but they're going to have to do a lot. That was going to be my question. Do you fancy them? Because I don't. The problem is they're in the same uh, division as the Kansas City Chiefs who have been to two of the last three Super Bowls. They're in the same as the Chargers who I'm very excited about. So uh, Russell Wilson's the big question mark. Does he care more about going to the Monaco Grand Prix and being seen in public with Ciara and going to Wimbledon? Or does he actually care about winning another... Super Bowl, I don't know. Do you think yeah. he can win another one though at Denver? I mean, listen, it's been a while since he he should have won back to back, as we know. Obviously, the one play against the Patriots, where through the interception, he should have had two. But this level of knowledge, do you do you think he'll win one with Denver though? I can't I see don't. it. I, I really, think, I, I really either. don't. I don't think he wins another one in his career, unfortunately. But I do think he's a Hall of Famer by the end of his career. Heading over to Talksport Two now, where light heavyweight boxer and Olympic silver medalist Ben Whitaker spoke about his emphatic knockout win over Greg O'Neill at Bournemouth on Saturday. At the end of the day, you got to go in there with the right mindset. It's business, but it's my first fight since the Olympics. I just wanted to enjoy it, take in the atmosphere. And at the end of the day, I did what I said I was going to do, get the knockout, and that's what I did. Me as a boxer, I box better when I just have fun, you know. And mm. that first round, I was having a bit too much fun, but I really enjoyed it. And like I keep saying, at the end of the day, I got the business done. The worst thing would have been if I did all that and I lost, wouldn't it? So. Well, that's it, gang. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcast from. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily Podcasts at first in the morning, so do what you got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a good day, and above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport.